I, I want to thank all those who went to relay the gathering this uh, over the weekend. And I, I, from what I understand, that you all raised over a thousand dollars in an overnight stay at the campground. We ought to give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. And there were so many of you that I, I cannot uh, name your names because uh, I don't know. How many ended up going to the gathering, Brother Adam, from our church? About 20 of you went. So if you did, would you just lift your hands, wave? Thank you for going. I know that was a sacrifice, being up all night, uh, chaperoning kids to uh, selling items at the campground. I really, really sincerely appreciate that. I'm sure you all slept all day yesterday, lost about a day of your life. Uh, your clocks, your body clocks are out of whack. Amen. I've got my youngest, and her body clock was way out of whack uh, yesterday. And uh, so I, I just, I really do appreciate that. It's very difficult uh, to recoup from that, but you all seem like you've done very well. So you're here today, worshiping the Lord together. Amen. In your right mind. Amen. And let him be a part of everything that's going on here today. So thank you. We welcome all the guests today. Let's welcome them together. I also want to welcome the Miller family. They talked to me Wednesday night, and they want to come to Apostolic Revival Church. And let's give them a heart. Welcome. We're so happy about that. We love and appreciate them. They've been in the session for many, many years, and we love them very much. And we... We uh, are so thankful that they chose art to be their church. Praise God. Amen. If you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 12. Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 12. The Word of God says, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And said unto them, it is written, he started quoting the word of God, how important the word of God was in the, in the temple. My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were sore displeased and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus, Jesus saith unto them, ye have, ye, ye have never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, hast thou perfected praise. He's letting them know. Have you ever heard that scripture? Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, that's how I perfected praise. But yet they question the praise of these precious little kids. Amen. I don't know about you, but my heart does me well to see all of our kids up here praying. Amen. For the Holy Ghost and praying for others to get the Holy Ghost. That's wonderful. And I want to preach for just a few moments today on simply the house of God. Amen, the house of God. If you would put your Bibles down, and let's just ask God to speak to our hearts and allow his word to do work here today. Lord, we thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the glory of the Lord that we already feel in this house. 
And God, I pray that you'll minister, Lord, as we deliver your word. Anoint these lips of clay, God. Anoint our ears and our hearts, Lord, that we might receive your precious word. And for all these things, we give you praise and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If there was ever a a need for the church to be strong and effective, if there's ever a time for that, I believe that it is today. Not only for the unsaved to find salvation, and there are many people in the world today that have yet to receive the plan of salvation and the Holy Ghost in their their lives, but it's also for the saint of God that they can have a renewing of strength when they come to the house of the Lord. There's nothing like being in a church or gathering together as a body of believers where you feel the strength and the power of God. And you can literally, when you leave the, the building today, I can, I can guarantee you that you'll feel the presence of the Holy Ghost and feel stronger than how you came in. This is not the hour that we are just, uh, you know, to say, well, we had a good church or, you know, we kind of went through the motions and we just got through another Sunday. That's not the type of, of service that we need. What we need is an authentic move of the Holy Ghost every time we come together. Praise God. Throughout Scripture, I have found that... The, the Word of God lets us know what the defined mission of the church is. And so I began to study a little bit further about the house of God because I believe in the church of Jesus Christ. I believe that this is a soul-winning station. But I looked at 1,895 times the word house is used in the King James Version when it refers to the house of God. I've discovered in Scripture, specifically in our text, that Jesus has some very strong feelings when it comes to his house. In fact, he's got a lot of conviction in the, the passage that we read, and we'll, we'll uh, go over that and analyze it a little bit later. In just a, a few moments, we'll talk about his, his passion for the house of the Lord. But whenever you start looking and, and understanding the, 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 the purpose of the church, uh, I can't help but to be thankful that I am a part of a great church. Uh, so this message is not, to, uh, you know, just to uh, let us know that we're not doing a good job. In fact, uh, if anything, it's going to let us know that, that we are a good church, that, that we do the things that I'm going to preach about today. But at the same time, we cannot get comfortable. We cannot act like we've arrived and that we are just uh, the perfect church and we do everything in a perfect manner. I believe there's always room for us to understand the focus and the purpose uh, and make sure that it's a center uh, reason why we come together. Uh, uh, sometimes it's good to tweak our motives and, and our ambitions and why we do uh, the things that we're to do for the kingdom of God. But as the day approaches and as the, the time begins to wind down and the coming of the Lord uh, uh, is at hand, I, I can't help but to believe that there's going to be an onslaught uh, in our world that we live in. There's going to be things that's going to intensify where, where maybe people are just in between on whether or not they should live for God. And, and I think that what the enemy is going to do is he's going to make the, the attack on those families uh, and on those individuals to be more intense than ever. Uh, maybe a temptation that would keep them from following following after the things of God, uh, I want you to know that at the end of time, uh, he's going to intensify the attacks uh, on the people 
not only of God, but also in the world. Uh, and instead of them maybe twin, uh, bending uh, towards coming to the Lord uh, and giving their heart to the Lord, uh, the devil's just going to fight them uh, tooth and nail uh, and dangle things in their, their path. Uh, so if there's ever a time that the church uh, ought to be the church uh, of the living God, uh, the anointed ones, uh, it's today in the hour that we're living in. Start thinking about the first thing that the house of God that we've got to do, uh, amen, and move, preach on these uh, type of principles before, but I, I feel like this is the hour that we need to preach specifically about how important it is uh, to be the church that God has called us to be. The first area I think that this house ought to be full of is the preaching of God's word. We need to preach the word of God without fear or favor. Amen. There ought not to be any kind of shackles or any kind of restrictions uh, when we are preaching the truth uh, of God's word. Uh, when this Bible is opened up, uh, we ought to be able to preach with a fervency. Uh, we ought to be able to preach with a liberty. Uh, we ought to be able to preach with a passion uh, and anointing uh, that we know that we are preaching the words of truth. In our text, Jesus entered into the temple and he preached the truth to those who would listen. I have found in my years of, of preaching and being a, a, a pastor that there are people that pass through the house of God that don't always like to hear the preaching of the word of God. I started thinking, why is it that they don't like to hear the word of God? And they, they almost cringe, and you can feel the resistance when the word of God begins to go forth. Uh, I started thinking of the scripture that talks about how the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It says that it pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and it discerns the intents and the, the very thoughts of humanity. Uh, whenever the preached word of God begins to go forth, forth. Uh, it doesn't matter whether or not uh, it's conducive to the lifestyle of the individual. It doesn't matter what the, the preferences of the individual. It doesn't matter what the personality is of the individual. What it is is the anointed word of God uh, that begins to pierce uh, and to preach uh, and begin to delve into the very soul and spirit of a man. You see, the word of God is what's going to save us. Praise God. That's why Wednesday night Bible study is important. That's why I love to hear the positive signs uh, of people wanting to hear the Word of God. That's why Sundays are important uh, to hear the Word of God preached. Uh, not only taught on Wednesday, uh, but we need to hear the Word of God go forth uh, in a preaching manner. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 2 says it like this. Uh, you, you'll never outgrow the preached Word of God. I don't care how long you've been living for God. I don't care how mature you are. I don't care how spiritual you are. You still need to preach the word of God. Amen. To come forth into your soul. 2 Timothy 4 and 2 says that we must preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. That means the word of God is going to do a work when it goes forth. It's going to convict. It's going to exhort. It's going to rebuke. But whatever the spirit has to say, we need to say, amen, Lord. Preach to me. Talk to my heart. Help me to be what you have called me to be. 
Matthew chapter 9 tells us uh, that Jesus went about in all the cities and all the villages and he taught in their synagogues preaching uh, the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, these are the examples of the preached word of God in the word of God. Acts chapter 5 and verse number 42 lets us know that the early church preached uh, God's word uh, daily in the temple in every house. Uh, they ceased not to preach uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, if there was ever a need for the house in the house of God uh, for the preached word of God to go forth, uh, it is today. Uh, amen. Can I get a witness right now? It is in the hour that we live in uh, that we need to hear the word of God. I believe with all of my heart that what we preach, we get. Amen. If we tell a bunch of stories and we tell a bunch of jokes and we're entertaining people, then guess what we're going to get? We're going to become an entertainer. We're going to be the entertaining church. Uh, we're going to be the, the fun church. Uh, if all we preach about is just uh, uh, how to get through another day, uh, uh, we're going to be the motivational church. Uh, we're going to be the church that kind of motivates you uh, to be a, a successful, amen, person in your job or a businessman. Uh, but if we start to preach uh, Acts 2.38, uh, hallelujah, repentance uh, and baptism in Jesus' name uh, with the filling of the Holy Ghost, uh, guess what? Uh, People are going to repent of their sins. They're going to be baptized in Jesus' name. And they're going to get the Holy Ghost. And they're going to be ready to go to heaven. And let me tell you today, if you have not repented of your sins, you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, and you have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you need to do that to be saved here today. Amen. We get what we preach. If there's ever a time that we needed healing in the house, uh, it is today. Uh, if there's ever a time that we need people to know uh, and understand that they can be healed, it is in the hour that we live in. Uh, there are ailments and pains and, and things that we all go through as we start getting older. Uh, amen. Sometimes we just need a touch of God. Uh, we just need the Holy Ghost to move on our bodies uh, to help us to get through another week. If there's ever a time that we need deliverance, it is today. Uh, this is the hour. This is the moment uh, that we need to understand that God wants to set people free. Uh, he doesn't want them to be bound anymore, uh, but he wants to loose them uh, by the power of the Holy Ghost. There's another preacher that began to preach. Uh, he said it like this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach uh, good tidings unto the meek. Uh, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, uh, to proclaim liberty to the captives, uh, and the opening of the prison to them uh, that are bound. Uh, if we want people loosed in the Holy Ghost, uh, we need to preach it uh, and let them know they can be loosed uh, in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. That is why we need the word of God to continually to be preached. You know, we preach signs and wonders and miracles in this house. That's what we believe. And so we're not afraid to talk about it. We're not afraid to preach the word of God. I love, I got a phone call yesterday, and you never know what kind of phone call you're going to get on a, on a Saturday. You know, there's one day a week that I don't shave, and it's usually on Saturday. One day, I think I'm going to take one day just to take a break from having to scrape all the whiskers off this face of mine. Every now and then I get a phone call and I end up having to shave or I've got something planned and I, I get out there and I, I want to look presentable. But I got a phone call in the morning by Sister Phillips and uh, she had a miracle. I'm going to let her tell it sometime. I'm not going to put you on the spot right now. But it is a book of Acts miracle. 
Amen. I had Brother Kenny tell some people about it. Brother Philip tell people about it. Men in the back praying. Uh, God is still answering prayers. Uh, and they are a book of Acts miracles uh, that are still happening uh, in the church uh, today. Uh, if you believe that, would you clap your hands uh, to the Lord? Uh, would somebody else get excited uh, about the power of the Holy Ghost uh, and the anointing? Spirit that is for the church today. Praise God. Amen. We need the anointed preached word of God in the church today. In the house of God, we must be full of prayer. If anything inspired this message, it was really this part of the passage. Jesus said in our text, he said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. Amen. The Lord's been speaking to me, and I already talked to the leaders about this, and I'm going to talk to the, the teachers a little bit more in detail this coming Wednesday. But he's been talking to me about our prayer as a corporate body. I'm not here to question your personal prayer life. That's really none of my business. I really don't know what your personal prayer life is all about, and I just assume it's doing great. But I felt like the Lord was telling me for our church uh, that we need to do better as a corporate prayer. Amen. And I'm not going to get on Mondays. We have Monday night prayer. And you know it's a low-pressure situation there. If you're able to make it, that's great. If you can, I understand. If you really can't make it, I understand that. But I began to think, and the Lord began to talk to me about our pre-service prayer. And boy, we had good pre-service prayer today. Amen. The presence of the Lord was in here early on at 1030 or so. I could hear it in my office when I was coming out. I could just feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. We need to do better in our pre-service prayer. We need to spend time with the Lord. In fact, if you're doing anything on the platform, uh, if you're teaching or preaching or playing or singing, uh, you need to be in a time of prayer, uh, corporate prayer. We need to pray together. Uh, we need to understand that we need the presence uh, of the Lord to move uh, upon what we are offering uh, unto him. Uh, we are offering it with our ability uh, and with our talent, with our practice uh, and our hard work. Uh, but what a shame it would be that we work so hard uh, and not to let God anoint us uh, and and use us uh, and flow through our ministry of what we're doing for him. But I'm not just talking about those who are doing things on the platform. Uh, amen. Even our sound guys, the multimedia guys, uh, they need to be in pre-service prayer. Uh, all of our teachers need to be in pre-service prayer. Uh, anybody that's doing anything ought to be in pre-service prayer. Uh, if you're worshiping the Lord, you've got a ministry uh, of worship unto him. Uh, you ought to be in pre-service prayer. But beyond that, I believe that God is speaking to me about 24 hours of continual prayer for the month of September. This is something we've really never done before that I can remember. Uh, but I believe that we are large enough to where this ought not to be a problem, uh, that we can't fill 24 hours of prayer. Uh, and this is something we'll be passing out later on. Uh, if I remember to do that, remind me. Uh, we need to start passing this out and getting it out uh, into the hands of the people that will prayerfully commit uh, to prayer of well, at least one hour a day uh, at that time slot. Uh, I want continual prayer uh, going up uh, unto the Lord for the lost souls. Amen. Uh, for backsliders, uh, people that need the Lord, uh, we need to pray for revival. We need to pray for signs uh, and wonders uh, and miracles. Uh, not that we can put our chest out, uh, but that we can glorify Him uh, to where other people can be attracted uh, to what Jesus Christ uh, is doing uh, at Apostolic Revival Church. Amen. Prayer is so vital to the success of our church. 
A.C. Dixon, I love this quote. He said it like this. He said, when we rely upon organization, we get what organization can do. And boy, are we organized and we work hard. We can put on anything, it seems like. And I don't say that in a braggadocious way because usually I don't have anything to do with what's going on. Uh, it's you all doing it, so I can brag on you. That's okay. Uh, but you can put on anything you put your minds to, uh, anything that needs to be done. I've got such confidence uh, in our church, uh, not just putting a burden on you, but you proved it over and over again. Uh, but you know what? We need to go a little bit further than just that and hard work. We need to do that, uh, but we need to go a little bit further. He said when we rely upon education, we get what education can do. When we rely on eloquence, we get what eloquence can do. He said, I refuse to undervalue any of these things in their proper place. But whenever we rely upon prayer, we get what God can do. And God can do anything. We've got to loose him to do the work. Amen. I, I told the leaders a, a couple weeks ago, I, there's not been one time that I've ever come to church without something prepared, whether it be a message or a lesson. Not one time have I ever showed up without putting study in and time in and being prepared with the Word of God. But you know what? I told them, I said, you know, maybe that's a little bit too much preparation in that regard, and maybe I can give up a little bit of that and say, Lord, uh, I need your presence. Uh, I need to spend some more time uh, uh, just in prayer. Uh, I need to spend more time, God, I'm putting the time in and study, uh, but Lord, I want your anointing. Uh, I want the power of prayer uh, to work uh, through my ministry, uh, through your ministry, and through our church. Amen. Prayer is one of the most powerful tools that we've get, been given by God. I believe that. Too often we rely upon the programs and the, the ministries and the talent and all the ability that this church can, can, can come up with. We need to saturate ourselves with prayer. Amen. We need to pray that God will order our steps. And I, I've seen it. I've been seeing it lately more than I've ever seen it in my life. I guess when you start getting older, you realize a little bit more of the, the limitations, and you start realizing you really do need the presence of the Lord to go before you. There are problems that are so complicated and so deep, and, and you don't even really understand what the problem is sometimes because it can be so deep and so complex. And that's coming from a 49-year-old that, that has lived a little bit of life. And you think that when you're younger, you can just, you know, cut through the, the problems. And you can just figure out exactly what the, the issues are. But as you get older, you understand uh, there are so many more layers to problems than you realize when you're younger. It's not always black and dry, uh, black and white. It's not always a cut and dry, uh, you know, just figured out real quickly. It can be a little more complex uh, than that. And I, I had a, a rough day that I was going into on Friday night or Thursday night. I knew it was going to be a rough day, and it's been some rough times that I've had uh, uh, recently at work. And, and you know, usually that's a that's just second fiddle. I don't even give it any time. I, I usually have my home in very much in order, my my workplace, and it's fine and no no issues. And my focus can be more on the church. And if there's any kind of worry or any kind of stress in my life, uh, and I hate to say this, but it just is the way it is, uh, it's usually from the church. Because people produce problems. So I try to keep the other stuff in check to where I can, I don't have to do a two or three front battle at the same time. 
Well, it's been a little bit more difficult. And I even had one or two people say, what was going on with you? You, you just seemed a little bit out of, out of sorts and you try to hide things. You know, we try to play the, the, the acting game where everything is peachy keen and everything's fine. Uh, but I guess I wasn't doing a very good job that, that uh, service. But, but there are times that, that you just don't know what to do. And I brought it to the Lord and a couple men in our church. Uh, I said, just pray for me. I need a little bit of prayer. In fact, I think Tuesday night prayer uh, uh, was praying for me uh, uh, that night. Uh, but you know what? I want you to know the best day I've ever had almost uh, was the Thursday that I thought would be the worst day I'd ever have. Now, that may not mean anything to you. But apply it to your life. Uh, amen. Apply it to your situation. Uh, apply it to your stress uh, and your problem. Uh, I'm here to tell you, God can turn things around uh, that no man uh, could ever turn around. Uh, but only God can do the work through prayer. Jesus entered into the temple. He began to drive out those who were buying and selling. He overturned the tables and the money changers those that were just selling the doves and the, the animals in the house of God. He said this. He said, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. I've often wondered, what was it that really got him angry? You know, there's been, how many of you can just admit, or you don't have to raise your hand, but think about the times that your blood began to boil. <laughs> Amen. Just something really, really made you mad. And it didn't matter who's there. It didn't matter how big or bad they were. The blood begins to boil. And you lose control and you're almost out of your mind being angry and mad. Amen. That was Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. He was angry and he was just plumb mad. Well, we like to call it righteously indignant. And we'll just say he was righteously indignant. And he was so mad, and I began to think, what was it that, that made him so angry? Let's take a closer look at the situation of what was going on specifically in the court that day. When Jesus enters into the court area, the first thing that he notices that, that, that when you come to the outer courts, there's a very big area, and, and Jews and non-Jews would all gather there, and that was a place uh, uh, that they would pray. This is a place where I, it didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter what kind of uh, family you came from. It was a, it was a large court. It, there's room for everybody to come and begin to pray before the Lord. This area was always crowded. And this area was also the place uh, that was dedicated where people would, would begin to uh, 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 prepare themselves uh, with their sacrifices. So they would come in. They would pray. That seek the face of God, that have their sacrifice uh, uh, with them, and so. Uh, but Jesus noticed something that was going on. Instead of the prayer going on, there's a lot of buying and a lot of selling. Now, you know, I'm all for the fundraisers. I'm all for uh, Sister Vanessa selling Sister Hannah's incredible salsa on that Friday. And I better be the first one in line, or at least save one for me to buy, or two, or three, or four. That's the best salsa there is around. Now, you might be saying, well, he's buying and selling. Well, this is for a good cause. Amen. We're not trying to rip you off. It's good. If it was bad, we'd be ripping you off, and that'd be wrong. But it's good stuff. But see, what they were doing is they were selling sacrifices. People would come in with their sacrifices. These were poor people that didn't have the greatest type of sacrifice. They didn't have a lot of money. So they might come in there and maybe their sacrifice was a little smaller than somebody else's. Well, good thing because 
the money changers or the, the people or the, the ministry, they could sell you a sacrifice that was better than the sacrifice you had. So if your sacrifice was rejected, oh, no, we can't have that in here, but I can tell you where to buy one. And they would go over to these, these people that were setting up these booths, uh, and they would gouge these, these poor people. They were selling them for over double than what they were really worth. Uh, and so the merchants would have a significant markup uh, on these animals. So the people that were rejected with their sacrifice, uh, the priests would buy their animal, or uh, they would buy the animal from the, uh, from the priests or the people that were selling the merchants uh, in that way, and they would rip them off. Uh, Jesus began to remove the problem. He said, we're not going to put up with this. Uh, this is to be the house uh, of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. Uh, you're ripping the people off, and he lost uh, his mind. He was so angry uh, about what was going on. He began to throw things around, uh, but the house of God, he said, is to be the house uh, of prayer. Uh, this is what we're doing here. This is not some racket. This is not a place where we can profit, uh, where we can just uh, do well individually. Uh, we come into church, uh, and I feel good about myself, and I'm going to leave. Uh, no, we come here to offer for, uh, the sacrifices of uh, uh, praise uh, unto the Lord uh, that are our sacrifices and no one else's. Yes, Amen. Jesus said it like, uh, the Old Testament says it like this. It says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Uh, but we've got to come before the presence of the Lord uh, and humbly ask ourselves. Uh, we need to repent before him. Uh, we need to pray and seek the face uh, of God with everything within us. Uh, and G God says, I will heal your land. Uh, not only that, I'll forgive your sins. Uh, I'll save you, but you need to make my house uh, the house uh, of prayer. Amen. Read a little bit further in this passage. God's house must also be full of people. He asked a question in Mark chapter 11, verse number 17. He said, is it not written, my house shall be called of all generations the house of prayer? Are all nations the house of prayer? Jesus was quoting from Isaiah 56 and 7. He said, for mine house shall be called the house of prayer for all people. Amen. You know what? This house is for all people. Let me say it again, because sometimes we don't remember that. We think it's my church, and we think what I'm comfortable with, my group of people. This church is for everyone. Everyone. It's for your family. It's for my family. It's for their family. It's for whosoever will. It's for all nations. It's not limited to just a few. It's not limited to just a group that we're comfortable with. It's for anybody that wants to come to the Lord and be saved. Can I get a witness from Apostolic Revival Church? We've got to get that within our hearts. Rich, poor, black, white, yellow, it doesn't matter. This house is for all nations. Amen. It's not just for the young. It's not just for the old. It's for all generations and all ages. Praise God. So when we have a house full of preaching, a house full of prayer, we also have to have a house that is full of people. 
Amen. I, I say this often, and I, I say it often because I mean it often. Our greatest asset in this church is not a nice building. It's not a nice pulpit and keyboard and drums and, and all these things that we have, sound system. That's not our greatest asset. Our greatest asset is the people. <laughs> you can't have church without people. Oh, you can have a church building, and you can go to Tennessee and uh, take the, what's that, that path we call uh, that, that they have that you ride up and see all the old buildings. What is it? Kate's, Kate's uh, Cove. I love going up there, and I love just kind of uh, uh, walking through, and I love artifacts. I love old buildings. And I, uh, there's paths you walk down, and I want to see those. Uh, you know, the family doesn't always want to go, but I want to go, and so we, we trudge on down the path a little ways, and, and there's just this old country church, little bitty church with these little pews in there, and, and you know, and, and it's nice, and it's, it's pretty cool, but guess what's missing every Sunday? The people. It's an artifact. It's something you can go through and look at and think, oh, you know, I wonder what the days were like whenever they used to have church in here and, and the people would gather together and they'd all gather on a Sunday or a midweek maybe. I don't know uh, if they did that back then, but they would fellowship with one another. And maybe the Spirit of the Lord would begin, begin to move uh, in that church house. Uh, but you know what? Now it's just dead. Uh, it sits there empty. Uh, you know, this church without the people is absolutely nothing worthless. The church, it's all about the souls. Souls are priceless. I don't care who they are. I don't care if it's people that you get along with or not. They are priceless. Uh, every one of them means something. Amen. I, it took me a little while to learn that, but after I, I turned 30 years old, I started pastoring in that little bitty building uh, over there, and hardly nobody was there. I want you to know uh, I didn't care who the people were. Uh, if they were breathing, uh, they were like a saint of God that I could just uh, uh, begin to appreciate and, and begin to minister to and try to help them along. Uh, some of them were just helpless cases. Uh, some people didn't want to live for God. They were there for the wrong reasons, uh, but you know what? It didn't really matter. They were breathing. Uh, they had breath in their lungs, uh, and they were a person. Uh, you know what? I have not changed. Uh, every person that's come to Apostolic Revival Church uh, and you feel the same way uh, is important. Uh, we want to minister to you. Uh, we want to help you. Uh, we want to further along your walk with God. Amen. So your greatest asset, amen, our greatest asset is the neighbor, the person that's sitting next to you. That's what's so important. But on the other hand, the house of God is vital to your spiritual survival. Brother Heil had no clue of what I was going to preach on today, and I just kind of smiled inside because he's reading the very text. If we would have kept on reading in the, the text that we read, we would have went right to where he was at. Amen. He taught a great lesson today on the, on the vine, on the fig being dried out. And, and I, I, I started thinking about, you know, and this is a, a while back, a few days ago, I started thinking about how, you know, in order for our soul to prosper, we need to be connected to the body. See, the problem is the enemy tries to tell people today that, that you can replace church or the body or people with all kinds of different things. I see it all the time. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, it can be family, it can be job, it can be friends, uh, it can be a whole lot of things. And, and you know what? You may further yourself in life, or you might get yourself a little further down the path uh, by having those things. But I guarantee you one thing, your soul is not prospering. Right. Right. 
If you're not connected to the body, you're not connected to the people and the word of God uh, being preached and hearing the word of God, uh, I'm here to say right now, and I don't care if you like what I'm saying or not, uh, your soul is not prospering. You might prosper in your pocket. You might be doing good on your job. Uh, you might have friends coming out of your ears. Uh, but if you're not hearing the word of God being taught uh, and preached uh, and there's no desire to worship the Lord, uh, your soul is not prospering. In order for the human soul to prosper, it must be planted. I said it must be planted in the house of the Lord. Psalm chapter 92 and verse number 13 backs me up on this. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. Woo, hallelujah. I'm going to read that again. It's so good. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. We need the house of the Lord to be able to flourish in him. Now, the enemy will tell you this. He'll say that you can have church from your home. Amen. And in extreme cases, I'm sure you can. If there's nothing else you can do and that's all you got, sometimes that's all you have. And then I'm telling you, your soul will prosper. Because you've got a desire not to watch a movie or watch something on TV or do all kinds of other stuff, but you are focused on the Word of God. You're having church because you can't get to church. So I understand that, and I know that you can. But, but if you can be in the house of the Lord and, and you think that your soul can prosper, that's a lie from the enemy. You will, you will rot. You will, you will wither. I know that doesn't sound real pleasing to anybody, but you will wither up. Kind of like that branch that fell off the other day from the tree of my neighbors. They got a lot of trees. I don't have hardly any trees. I got good trees. Brother Fuller plants some good trees. They don't produce a lot of tree stuff. My neighbors do. So any, any kind of leave in my yard is usually from the neighbors. And any kind of limb, anything dead, is from the massive trees that are in the yard of my neighbor. Do I have aught against them? Pray for me. One of those limbs fell down, and I thought, it won't be long. That thing's going to wither up, and it's going to die. And I can burn it or throw it in their pile if it's close enough. It's got to be close enough. I've got to be ethical about this. If it's way in my yard, even if it's theirs, I keep it, and I burn it. But it's on the border. I'll be honest with you. I've been known to kick that thing over into their yard and let them burn it. But once it withers up and once it dies, I can burn that thing just like that. The fire will take hold of it. But it doesn't take long, Sister Mobley, for that, that limb to wither and die because it's disconnected from the vine. It's disconnected from the source. Whew, hallelujah. I'm preaching right now. You better be connected to the body or a body. You better be connected to the word of God where it's being preached uh, and you're being rebuked or challenged or exhorted. Uh, you need to hear the word of God. Uh, you've got to be connected uh, to the house uh, of the Lord. Uh, you need the house uh, of the Lord. Amen. In our, in our text, look at what happened. Look at what happened when all there was... When all the preaching and all the prayer and everything, all the nations, all the people were gathered together. I, I love this passage. In fact, verse number 14 says it like this. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple. So when we begin to preach about truth, his word, we begin to talk about prayer, amen, spending time with the Lord. 
What's going to happen is God's going to fill the house. You know, Rock-A-Block helps us because we sow the seed, and that's a good thing. We need to keep on doing that ministry. Amen. We need to still go out on Saturday and knock doors or pass out flyers, however we, we do it. Those things are important. Now, I'm not discounting any of those things. But when our church, when this church right here is preaching the word of truth without any kind of fear, without intimidation, without being afraid that somebody's going to get mad or leave the church, amen. And that preacher better handle himself correctly, including this one here. Because everything I'm saying will be discounted and it won't even matter. If, if there's bad things, if motives are wrong behind here, then you know what? That's going to just drive everybody away. It's going to split everything. But as long as that word is being preached in an ethical manner and the motives are right and there's nothing being skewed by what, what the Spirit is saying, then I'm here to tell you that God will begin to fill the house of the Lord. God will, God will fill his house. And there will be miracles that will happen because the Bible says that the lame came to him in the temple. And so when we begin to preach these things, signs and wonders and miracles will begin to happen. Amen? You know, I'm not trying to oversimplify it, church, because I already said life can be a little more complicated than, than it seems sometimes, but this is simple. We've got to love the Word of God with all of our heart, and we need to pray, pray, pray. We need to connect, connect, connect with the Lord and let him flow through us. Uh, and God will send us the people. God will fill this house uh, with the people if we but do what we know we're supposed to do. Luke chapter 14, a certain man, he had a great supper and he started inviting all these people to come and he invited them into his house, the Bible says. And they began to make all kinds of excuses for not wanting to come over. One, brought a, uh, one bought a piece of ground. One blamed his wife. Amen. I've heard that a, a time or two. Or blamed the husband. Uh, another bought a yoke of oxen. My goodness, I bought some oxen. I can't come over. I got these oxen I bought. Lock them up and go anyway. Another was distracted by all kinds of, of different excuses. But Luke chapter 14 and verse 21 says... So that the servant came and showed his Lord these things. And the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, bringing hither the poor and the maimed and the, and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done, and thou hast, as thou hast commanded, and yet there is still room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house might be full. You know what the will of God is, church? Is that the house of God is full. Amen. I'm not trying to put us down or bum you out and we got some people on vacation, uh, but I see some empty seats in the house today. Uh, I see some room for people. Uh, the will of God is that our house, uh, our church uh, might be full of people that love God, uh, that will love God, uh, that will go to heaven uh, and make heaven their home. Amen. See, the blessing is whenever God promised his people that they would come and that they would show compassion. Amen. For people that are down and out. We need to show compassion to people that are down and out. Yes. 
People make mistakes and they do really silly things. And it makes us mad sometimes. And they, they almost become a burden on society. In fact, they do become a burden on society. And if they're a burden to society, to our city, to our downtown area, amen, then you know what? There's people in your life that become a burden on you because they do really dumb things. But you know what we need sometimes? It's a dose of compassion. Hey, I'm like you all. Work hard, be consistent, be disciplined, do everything you know to do, and, and then maybe you'll eke out some kind of life. <laughs> Sometimes you do everything right, and it still can be hard. It's not always a guarantee just because you do things the right way that life is going to just be easy. So I'm with you on all that. I know there's personal responsibility. I'm really big on that. I, I know that, you know, if, you, if you're hungry, get a job and work. If you can't pay a bill, work some overtime, sell something. I, I, man, I'm hardcore in some of this stuff, but, but at the same time, sometimes we just need to be compassionate. Sometimes the Holy Ghost needs to come on us and allow the Spirit of the Lord just begin to speak to our hearts. Uh, and at those moments and those times, it ought to be more often than not that the spirit of compassion comes on us. And we pray for people and we try to reach out to them and try to help them and not as much point at them and condemn them uh, and talk about them, uh, but maybe show a little bit of compassion uh, that God might reach their soul, that maybe there's hope for them after all. Maybe there's hope for them after all. Such were some of you. Amen. Such was I. I'm glad that I was never judged so harshly on my worst day or my worst days. Uh, amen. But God said, I'm going to give that boy a chance to get things right with me. What am I saying? I'm here to tell you we need to show compassion like God shows compassion on our soul. If we want this house to be filled, sometimes we need to help somebody that's in need. Uh, their motives may not be right, uh, but you know what? We're going to do it anyway because uh, the Spirit of Christ has come upon us. Uh, maybe we'll be taken advantage of a time or two. Uh, well, so be it. I've got, a, I've got enough ability to be able to be taken advantage of uh, to where I'm not destitute. Uh, I would rather show a little bit of error uh, on the side of compassion uh, and mercy uh, and grace uh, than to be too stringent uh, and turn somebody away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen to the prayer in 2 Chronicles chapter 6 and verse number 32. It says, Moreover, concerning the stranger which is not of thy people, Israel, but has come from a far country, goes on to say, If they come and pray in this house, then hear thou from the, from the heavens, even from thy dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for, that all the people, that all people of the earth may know thy name. Not only will that person be blessed, but so will the house of God. When we give of ourselves and we do the rock of blocks and we give things away, we gave turkeys away a few years back. When we give of ourselves, you know, sometimes we want to think, well, you know, we're not really getting the big bang for our buck. You know, we're, we're, the exertion that we're putting out and the time and the effort and the money, uh, we're really not getting things in return, but it's not about that. It's about the house of the Lord being blessed. Uh, it's about the church being blessed by being compassionate and giving to the people that are out there. Amen.
God's house is to be full of preaching, of prayer, and also of people. There's one last thing that I, I want to talk about. This is my last point. The last thing that the house of God needs to be full of is praise. It needs to be filled with the praises of the people. God has been so good to his church. Yes. Has God been good to you? I want you to think about for a moment. Has the Lord been good to you? Has the Lord been good to you? From a house of praise to a personal kingdom, Amen. what they could get out of it. That's the problem that Jesus had. Instead of profiting, amen, instead of the Lord profiting through the praise, they were personally profiting by what was going on around them. God's house is to be filled with praise unto him. It doesn't matter what I get. It doesn't matter what I receive. I don't care if I get my miracle or not. I don't care if you get your miracle or not. I want you to know he is still worthy. I know this is simple, but sometimes we forget he's still worthy of all of our praise. The Bible says, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes uh, saw the wonderful things uh, that he did, uh, some of the children started crying out uh, in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. The kids recognized how good the Lord was. But some people became displeased with the children. They were upset. They told them to be quiet. Don't you know this is the house of God? I can't imagine what those little kids were thinking, but don't you know that's why we're here? We're here because of him. We're not here because of you. We're not here that the structure, the, the, the time, and the, the schedules are supposed to go forth, but we're here because there's something about our Lord that we can't help but to praise him. Jesus said, don't you know? He said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. Because that child wasn't worried about what they were getting. They were just worried about giving unto the Lord. 
start thinking about a new convert that was so thankful to the Lord and the blessings of the Lord were upon that, that new convert. The Bible says that Mary took a spikenard of ointment began to pour it at the feet of Jesus all over him. Judas got mad. The word of God lets us know that he got angry. And I won't take time to read it. He said, shouldn't this, shouldn't this be sold for a certain amount and given to the poor? You know, we can justify our attitude so many times. Oh, I'll preach on that for just a moment. Sometimes we've got strong feelings about something, and we're so smart. And we've given it so much thought that we can justify our nasty spirit. Can I get one witness, Jason? Thank you for being honest. Thank you for agreeing. Thank you for talking about me. I don't know. Sometimes we can justify the way we feel about something so much. We're like a trial attorney, a New York lawyer that can present the case. Don't you know, Lord, that that could be given to the poor? What a waste that that lady who's showing me up right now, I should be the one that's close to you. I should be getting your attention, Lord. But she could have given that to the poor. Isn't that a more noble cause? Obedience is better than sacrifice. We could have sacrificed for all the poor and given even more out of our own pockets. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. Lord, we are here today. God, we are here today. God, not for personal profit. We're not here to just feel good. We're not here, Lord, to where we can just keep our family in the church, Lord. But I have come today. My sacrifice may not be the best sacrifice. And maybe I can get it from a money changer over there, but I don't think their motives are right. God, I don't want to be around them, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to bring my little old sacrifice and my little old praise. But God, it's not little old praise to you. When I begin to praise your name, it is a mighty praise and glory that goes into the Lord of Lords and to the King of Kings. That's why Jesus regarded the praise of those children so so greatly because it came from an honest and sincere heart. A heart that wasn't full of bias and prejudice and anger and competition and jealousy that we adults learn as we get older. But it was just pure praise. It's just pure praise. Amen. I can't get my mind off of the children that were up here praying a little bit earlier when the choir was singing. Amen. That's the way the church ought to be. Just focused on one another. They were coming around each other praying. They weren't praying for themselves. I want to pray for somebody. I want to be there for somebody. Well, Lord, I just want to praise you. I don't want the praise of men, God. I just want to praise you. I just want to lift you up. Amen. Psalm 84 and 4, and I'm going to close with this. Blessed are they that dwell in the house. They will still be praising thee. 
Lord, in your house today, God, for no other reason, Lord, for no other reason, God, but simply we just want to give you praise. Lord, we just want to bring our sacrifice of praise unto you. Second Chronicles 5 and 13, I'm going to read another. It says, And it came to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with trumpets and cymbals and instruments of, of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That then the house was filled with a cloud even the house of the Lord. Amen. We begin to praise him, church. The element of the, of the presence of the Lord will show up. Hey, if we're having church and we're having great moves of God and we're feeling good and excited and we're running the aisles and the Lord's not here, then we're just not really getting what we should. But when we feel the presence of the Lord uh, and in the house of God, it is filled with his presence. Uh, that is the goal in the house today is to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I wonder if we could just begin to worship him together right now. I preached long enough. I wonder if personally we could just bring a sacrifice of praise to him.